Are you with me? Hey, I'm with you. I'm doing good. How are you doing? (laughs) Awesome. Just took a second to push the right buttons. You know how that goes. I do. (laughs) (laughs) We're great. Uh, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Welcome to our Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond interview series. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is this is a special treat for us. We I've been uh, digging your sounds since I first came across it, and I want to speaking of your sounds. Let me let our listeners know uh, what they heard. Uh, Dopamine was right before we came on air. Here was a new single that uh, just dropped recently, and before that, I played Six Wing Angel and Cruel Mother because okay. Six Wing <laughs> Angel over. Uh, off a of Journey Proud and uh, Cruel Mother off a 2016 uh, album. Cruel Mother, yeah. Uh-huh. And that was uh, that Title. song was named the best song of 2016 by the Miami New Times. That was must have been a kind of cool. That, 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 oh, that was awesome. Yeah, um, especially because that was kind of the time when I was first really trying to focus on doing my own music and getting my act together. You know, literally and figuratively um so and i was doing you know weird folk at americana in miami which there really wasn't that much at the time i don't know if there is now because i don't live there anymore but i felt a little bit like a fish out of water at the time so that was really cool for me um to be featured and appreciated and uh and that was cool because i did a version of that song when we were kids um you know it's an old folk song an old scottish murder ballad so we used to do a bunch of folk shows and sing murder ballads with my mom and my sisters. So that was like kind of me reclaiming my childhood and heritage by doing a grungy rock version of it, um, which was a lot of fun for me too. So Well, cool. So personally and professionally, it was really a boost, it sounds like. Yeah, cool. yeah. I'd like to give folks just a little, a little background, and then we can jump into... Uh, some deeper topics, but uh, so those who don't know, and many don't, uh, who are our listeners, Eden Archer has performed at Stagecoach, South by Southwest, Americana Fest, Gasparilla Music Festival, Canadian Music Week, and Canadian Music Week, more and more. Uh, She's also plays both solo and with the band and has shared the stage with Nikki Lane, Lily Hyatt, Margot Price, Sam Morrow and Carolyn Smith, just to name a few, which is freaking cool. <laughs> Raised in the swampy Gainesville, Florida, uh, you're in, I know your influences draw heavily from your hometown hero, Tom Petty, as well as Mud Crunch. And uh, from what I've read in the, that video, was it Rose Garden that has all the cool uh, albums? Bonnie Raitt, Bob Dylan, Janis Joplin. I I wondered. Do you feel like you were born too late? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and too early. Whatever it is, just, you know, definitely the wrong time. <laughs> um, I mean, I grew up on that classic stuff. You know, I really wasn't listening to um, what was on the radio at the time. Although I had some, you know, I think the, what we listened to in our teenage years is kind of what like kind of imprints on us the most just because mm-hmm. there's so much em- emotional development that goes on in those years. So I did hear, you know, alt rock and 90s music when I was a teenager, but those things were uh, stuff that I heard around the house when I was a kid just playing. Um, and they did kind of set my uh, 
yeah, kind of set set the framework. I also listened to there was a lot of Randy Newman and Aretha Franklin mm-hmm. and uh, Paul Simon. You know, all the greats. All the greats. <laughs> uh, well, you're mentioning. Your... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and there was some random stuff too because you just had cassettes and vinyls floating around. We didn't really have. I mean, we had a TV, but it wasn't connected to MTV like most people had, you know, so I just had to steal some cassettes. And there was this Klezmer All-Star Band cassette tape that I had for ages, and I thought it was so cool. And I listened. I I wore that tape out. Um, So, yeah, it's just a grab bag, I guess. Well, Klezmer does rock. I mean, it totally (laughs) rocks. There's no denying that. Wild stuff, man. Oh, it's so fun. Oh, yeah, Caught, uh, I think I think it's the same one. There's a Klezmer All Star Band out of New Orleans. Uh, they play Jazz Fest a lot, and uh, that blew oh, my mind. Oh, that's cool! It was, yeah. I gotta go see that. To see them live is just to, that you know the, how it is at live shows, right? To catch that energy of the crowd, and yeah, and the, that music especially is supposed to be live. Yes, supposed to just, be in a group. Exactly, bubbling over with fun, uh, which is kind of right. different than <laughs> the fun stuff. Is uh, I played, I just personally am drawn to, uh, I don't know, deeper and more meaningful uh, wor- works. And you are not afraid to go kind of onto the dark side. Uh, I played <laughs> uh, Six Angel and Cruel Mother. I just love their power and, and the, kind of the darkness. But obviously, that doesn't intimidate you to go into the kind of the dark side of humanity <laughs> and. Uh, you mentioned in some of the stuff I was reading about the Appalachian Appalachian folklore, and I wonder, you know, you spoke of your family singing and playing, and do you have roots in Appalachia, or is it handed down through, I know storytelling is a big deal in the Appalachian folk, folklore, so did y'all tell stories growing yeah. up, or tell me about that? Um, I, I mean, I grew up in Florida. So I can't claim, you know, like majorly um, authentic status, but I am connected through um, the music of my parents who my mother did grow up in North, North Carolina. So oh, yeah. she was exposed a lot there and then just kind of um, exposed us to it. And of course, uh, they both got interested in folk music during the folk revival of the 60s. And there was a lot of exploration of folk music, even by people who you know, weren't from the folk tradition. They were writing songs that sounded like that, told stories, kind of had a structure where it doesn't really have a chorus or a bridge. It just has a series of verses, which I love. I still hate writing a bridge. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I will, but it just doesn't come naturally to me. Um, I just prefer the many verses structure. Um, so that's kind of how I learned about my songwriting structure. And they are really dark themes, which... When you're a kid, I guess, it just seems normal to me because everybody, in every song, someone had to die. That was how you knew it was one of, you know, that, that it would fit the family set. <laughs> Somebody had to die. And we were young and had very angelic voices, so it must have been a little creepy. But <laughs> And we were, yeah. And I, I always sang the high part, and my sister's always sang the melody and, and the low part. So... I guess 
once I started writing, it just kind of fit for me to keep with that theme. And I'm a little emo too. Like, you know, I, I struggle with depression and anxiety. So for, for me, that's just my worldview. It's, it's, it's a little bit, uh, it has a little bit more of a struggle in it, um, which is why I write that, that way, I guess. Yeah, it's, I understand this. It sounds authentic and it's, it's a reflection of where you're at. Yeah. 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 Sometimes, um, like dopamine is funny because it has kind of a brightness to it, which is fun. Um, but it also has a darkness too, because it's kind of this droning. And for example, I really like harmonies and fifths because I think they're a bit creepy and monkish. Mm-hmm. And like, also like it goes back to my nineties alt rock influence because Kurt Cobain used to do a lot of fifths. Um, as opposed to the third, which is very bright and pretty, but mm-hmm. the fifth has a bit of a more haunting quality. And he was definitely influenced by Appalachia too. Uh, that's why he did, you know, um, in, in the pines and Jesus don't want me for a sunbeam. So I, I feel like I have a lot of Nirvana in me also, mm-hmm. but dopamine is kind of like a bright version of that. And as you mentioned earlier, six ring angel and cruel mother are definitely more of the, um, haunted side of that. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I can hear that in uh, dopamine, uh, in in that it's kind of like this. We're on the edge, you know. We're gonna only forty three miles of signal left. You know, I want yeah. to feel good, but it's what are we heading into? Yeah, there is kind of that. Like you don't even know. You're just gonna keep driving, and event, you know, just gonna has a Thelma and Louise vibe to it. Yeah, it does. It really does. Um, I wrote that, that fun the first spirit. Time. Yeah, I wrote that the first time I went through Texas with my friend. We, I had kind of just met her, and we went to South by Southwest together um, uh, after we just met each other, and it was basically, we were like best friends right away, and we were just driving, you know, you drive so far in Texas, you just feel like you could just drive forever. <laughs> and we saw that sign, 43 miles to T- Tijuana, and I actually... Um, have spent a lot of time in Mexico. I, I spent a lot of summers there growing up and I speak Spanish. And so I was like, what if we just turned, turned left, you know, and just kept going down there, what would happen? So that's kind of the fantasy of gotcha. that song. Yeah, should have turned around, but. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't want to. didn't want to. Uh, I'm curious about dopamine. Um, and now that I understand there's uh, some anxiety and depression going on, what are your how do you find your natural boost? Well, I guess it doesn't have to be natural. Uh, dopamine. Where do you get your natural bo- dopamine boost that maybe you can share on air? Sure. <laughs> no, I'm, I'll talk about everything. I mean, yeah, I do have an unnatural boost too, but that's more with, with serotonin. I've taken Paxil for about maybe like 20 years now. Um, but a low dose because it's it's hard for artists that have all these feelings and you know, urges and then, but we also have to like live in the real world too and find a balance and try to be functional. So I think that's where the struggle has come for me. I do. So aside from just regular medication, I love exercise and I really love nature. I could be in the middle of the woods forever and I think I would be just fine. We, my family has a cabin in North Carolina that I go to that's just, there's nobody there. I can record and sing and just kind of really, you know, I call it going peak Eden. <laughs> I uh-huh. go peak Eden there. <laughs> yeah. Because I get a, I do get a dopamine hit. I can feel 
a few minutes after my first walk in the woods, my mind just kind of exhale and relax. And I really find that nature in the forest is, you know, super important for everyone to stay connected to. And for me, especially. Yeah, it's it's great that you brought that up because that was a talking point. I noticed the references to nature and the before I just go on and on and rave about your video game that just <laughs> honored wow. Uh, but the, you know, Thank so many you. of those videos are shot in nature and a lot of your super cool outfits, you know, with the flowers and the, uh, all the connections to a very natural world. Uh, besides getting your dopamine shot there in nature, are, are you involved in like I don't know, ecological or conservation efforts, or I know you're not afraid of politics either. I'm, I'm not afraid. Um, I, I should be more involved. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm trying so hard to just keep my own self together that I really want to participate a lot more in the things that I believe in maybe in the future when I grow up <laughs> yeah, well, hey, but and a girl don't should on yourself you know <laughs> really <laughs> it's all right I know, I, you got I plenty can't be out there protesting every day although I would love to <laughs> um but yeah so the goddess the song actually is like uh the goddess meaning mother nature and that was a big kind of that whole song is about that the, the yes. spirit of the earth and you know our femininity and I mean, it is a little bit pagan if you look at it that oh, way, but um, yeah, yeah, it's a little witchy going on. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I just try to stay close to it and sing about it. I guess that's what I can do. And and it well, it, it reminds folks of their connection. I think, and we all need that. I know. I remember during the pandemic, uh, that was one of the things that I read a lot about and tried to practice myself was that we went, when we didn't have those human connections, the go outside, you know, you can be safe and, and have a safe distance and, you know, just dig in the ground and get some sunshine and listen to the birds. Exactly. And, uh, just help. That's wonderful. Yeah. It's, and it was so great, too, because the earth really had a break from humans for a while during the <laughs> pandemic. And the animals started coming back and, you know, the canals in Venice started clearing up. And I just think that it was really nice to give that breather. And it kind of gave us an idea of, hey, what if we could keep this going for the earth's sake? And um, it is possible. We just all have to do it together. It is possible. It's possible. And uh, great, great message there. I want to make sure that we also cover some of your new singles that are coming out. I understand the titles are No Good Johnny's and Broke It Open. Could you speak to those upcoming singles, what they're going to sound like, who's working with them, when we can expect them, all we need to know? Yeah. So I've been just kind of putting singles out um, as part of my new process since I uh, taught myself to record and started taking charge of the recording process, which has made all of the difference because rather than I love collaborating, but sometimes it's hard when you are kind of your own, you know, when you're kind of the songwriter and you have a specific vision and sometimes it's hard to get everything right. So really me teaching myself to record has been pivotal. So dopamine was the first one that I did um, all by myself. And I played most of the parts on except for, you know, the drum and the bass, which I had, my mixer and friend Jonathan Estes does bass in Nashville and he's going to be mixing this new one. And my friend Logan Fisher did drums on it. So 
Goddess was the second one, and I got better at it. And then Johnny, No Good Johnny, is going to be the third one. And it's the same kind of little crew. Jonathan Estes in Nashville is mixing, and he did the bass on it for me. And I did, you know, most everything else. There's a beautiful fiddle part by his wife. And that's going to be out probably in two weeks. I have some shows in Nashville that I'm doing in late April, early May, and I'd like to have it out by then. So I already have the artwork, and it's already mixed. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. And the next one is called Broke It Open, and that still has a lot of work to do, but uh, I'm going to jump in on that soon. Most of it's recorded. I just have to edit it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wonder, you know, you mentioned that about your uh, taking your art into your own hands and uh, doing the production part of it and recording. Was there a a, a time, like a, a... point in time where it was like what they call kind of pivotal you know where like you just I gotta do this or was it gradual you know how did how did that process come about that you're just like I I want to do this myself I can I can do this yeah it was kind of a straw that broke the camel's back situation I had a lot of instances where I I kept trying to you know work with people that were producers and engineers and that kind of thing and it just wasn't working out because i i didn't have enough access and i didn't have enough control mm-hmm. and i wasn't empowered enough to for example do my own editing do my own arranging that kind of stuff when i when it's you recording yourself you really just have access to everything and i can try things out and um and just do everything how I want to do it rather than, you know, sometimes it's hard being a woman in the industry, especially if you're not super well known or don't have a lot of money to try to assert yourself and get um, taken seriously. And a lot of times I find I found that I had to kind of defend my point of view. And to me, that just became a little bit distracting and also timelines and stuff. So there was a time last year when I said, okay, that's it. I'm going to learn how to do it myself. And I didn't think I, I could do it. I I thought I just had to, just kind of how I learned how to edit videos. I had to because I was the one that had to do it. But turns out I can do it pretty well, and I get better the more I do it. And as long as I work with a great mixer that can do all the fancy stuff for me, I can I can do a pretty good job. So that's just opened up a whole new world for me, and I'm just so excited about it. It's going to change the way I even write because now – I'm going to write with the recording process in mind and it's just going to evolve. So that's exciting. I think that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it brings to mind a, a quote I ran across. It's, oh, it's, you know, 2018 is kind of old, but it says, I'm finally realizing that other people's expectations of me are none of my business. Yeah, I love it. I just, uh, I do too. You, you, you really embrace that uh, being just unapologetically yourself. And that's, so badass. Uh, we all, you know, especially as women, there is a vein of women's strength and resilience struggles in your music. Uh, was that you mentioned yes. also referring, re- referencing your sister, sisters and mother? And mm-hmm. there, I can't imagine that. I can only imagine that had to have a, a large influence on your, what you're doing. You're, you're taking it into your yes. own hands. It did have a large influence, especially... Um, So I'm a twin sister, and my sister was born with birth defects without an eye and an ear, kind of. The development was delayed. So um, I kind of had to see how she overcome that and was just herself fearlessly 
And I also became very protective of her, you know, trying to defend her and stuff when a lot of times she really didn't need defending and she's totally fine. It was just mostly my perception of it and how, how I might not be able to handle having that kind of a challenge. Um, but I just got to see her strength from early on. And then my own strength were all mental. You know, I was like, well, she got the physical and I got the mental. (laughs) And together we make a pair. Um, But I'm also half deaf too. I lost half my hearing when I was about seven um, from traveling in Guatemala. We all got sick and, you know, there's an antibiotic there that you take and one of the side effects is deafness. So I actually lost half my hearing starting back then. And I think it's, you know, the, it doesn't really hold me back except for mixing because when, if things are panned from different speakers, I really can't tell. And I just want to, I just want to mono mix everything down the middle because anyway, so yeah. that was something that I had to think maybe I can't do it, but I can, you know, we're, we're capable of much more than we think we can do. We just have to, we just have to try, Amen. you know, and just, just take yeah. those steps, just jump in and figure yeah, it out jump as you in. go. Mm-hmm. And you right. have adapted. Uh, I I don't know that I ran across that information in my research, and uh, that's amazing. I, I've, I'm familiar with a couple other artists that have uh, hearing loss and the ability to, uh, well, adapt, overcome, compensate. You know, if you need, if you found somebody in your team to do the mixing, so you can still make it. Yeah, happen. <laughs> yeah. That that isn't that info isn't in my bio or anything because I didn't even realize. I, I kind of just get used to it, and then only now when I'm doing the mixes and dealing with panning, does it really? Am I really starting to notice it? Mm-hmm. Um, but before, you know, you just get you just get used to stuff. We we all live with our with our new normals. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to uh, go on too much longer. We have a little program coming up after this, but I want to make sure that we cover your video game. You just mentioned that you you edit. Like, are you doing all those videos? You have to have a team, woman. That's crazy uh, cool. Her video, You're, you, y'all, ch- go to her YouTube, subscribe, check them out. They're just amazing. The variety of visuals, you. the colors. It's just whoa. I do love a good visual. I do. So no, there's there's no team. It's filmed by most of them are filmed by my long term partner Ed, who does it on his cell phone, and then. I just get all the footage. I, he actually edited the first few, and then I took over, of course. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I can do this. Can Let do me that. get at that footage. <laughs> so then I got my own editing program, and I did, I think from Bad Imitation on, were my edits. So, and yeah, I just have a lot of fun with it. And actually, video editing is so satisfying for me. I just get completely lost in it. Um, you know, total time blindness. And... Uh, I just I just love to do it and just kind of explore my different references and it's really fun. So, I mean, eventually, um, eventually it'd be nice to do it on a nicer camera, but I'm kind of a DIY, you know, do it by the bootstraps thing. So mm-hmm. the phone is fine. It's fine. It is. You know, it works. Yeah, it looks fine. Yeah, <laughs> it it is, works. It totally works. Uh, and I have to because I'm a bit of a clothes horse myself, I'm looking at all your outfits that are so vivid and, and imaginative and colorful and fun and uh, all over the map. Do you have like a warehouse of your wardrobe? <laughs> <laughs> like a, yeah, a closet? I do. It's called the corner of my bedroom. 
where all my clothes are piled up. <laughs> I just I just love clothes. I've always loved clothes. When I was in kindergarten, it took me so long to decide what to wear that my mom eventually <laughs> said, I'm going to get rid of all your clothes except for two outfits, one that you wear and one that's in the wash. She did. <laughs> so I've just always been, been that way. Um, and, you know, I consider a life like theater. And if you're kind of wearing... You know, you got to dress for your role, dress for the theater of, of life. It really Absolutely. affects me what I'm wearing. The colors, maybe they absorb different energies. I don't know. But it just kind of puts me in a mood. So, like, I'm wearing a pretty dress right now, even though you can't see me. That's because just, it's, it's put me in the, in the special mood. <laughs> I understand. I say, well, I, went, I have my Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana t-shirt on. Nobody there knows that go. but them. <laughs> You know, that's well, our part. knows it now. Yeah, we wear the we dress for the part. That's exactly right. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, we are going to, uh, I want to close out with The Goddess Wears a Dirty Crown. Uh, before we uh, play that song, uh, first I want you, if you would speak a little bit about, uh, you referenced it earlier, the, uh, it's, it's it border, borderlines on uh, pagan, but there's obviously an honoring of the, divine feminine and I wonder if that that was a, a deliberate study uh, that's a lot of information there's there's so many um, traditions of studying the the women you know mm-hmm. the, the those all those archetypes that are from yes. every culture all over the world for all eternity and was that a, a deliberate study or just stuff you absorbed or started? How did that process of information come about, about tying into the uh, divine feminine and archetypes of well, feminine? I, I love that you use the word archetype because that's exactly what I was going for. I wasn't really trying to say I'm a goddess. You know, I was saying we all have a piece of the goddess inside of us. Um, and as she's represented by many different figures, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so we kind of have in that video. I I kind of went for the Earth Goddess, which is the tribal one with the antlers. Yes. And then there's like a Moon Goddess, which of course the Moon and uh, you know all the imagery that that is associated with her throughout the years and our cycles and all of that. And I I really wanted to include a lot more, but <laughs> you know having to build a set and and all that stuff, it was enough for me. So I was like, all right, let's just stick with these two goddesses, but some of the editing I was able to bring the sacred geometry which you know which is about like the the sacred trinity which in the old days was made in matron and crone and then which was later adopted by Christianity for you know father son and holy ghost so there's a lot of sacred number threes in there and a lot of reflections which just kind of are supposed to subconsciously remind you of the divine that's reflected in our everyday and our everyday acts that reflect back to the divine so, so it was pretty deliberate, although there's probably some things I did subconsciously that I didn't realize, you know, because um, sometimes my brain has a mind of its own. <laughs> <laughs> Which is obviously a good thing when it comes to creativity. It's a, it's a well, well yeah. done video. Uh, it actually <laughs> prompts you. me a question that I had. I, I want to get it in here because it seems appropriate. What spiritual path are you on? Oh, Lord. I don't even know. Um, I, I mean, I, I think as long as we have a spiritual path and we realize that it's not just about what we 
see every day working and paying money and that kind of stuff, that there is something beyond and something greater than us. Um, and I'm definitely pro-Earth, so that would put me a little witchy. But, you know, I grew up, I mean, I, I grew up going to church and singing in the church choir. And, you know, my mom goes to church every Sunday, and I'm fine with that, too. I'm fine. I'm fine with everything as long as we you know, take a step outside of ourselves and try to see beyond because, um, you know, there is life and death and there is something that's beyond. And I just try to make sense of that. And I mean, I'm still figuring it out. So I don't know. You're going to have to do another interview with me later on. Okay. <laughs> we'll check in in uh, five to 10 years and see where you're okay. at. Well, it is. That's, that's why great. they call it a journey, right? That, oh, yes. I love that. It is a journey. Yeah. It's a journey. It's so true. Well, I hope you find a, a journey out to the Midwest. It would just be so amazing to be able to see you live. I don't know how uh, frequent I'll be able, we'll be able to get. I'll be personally able to get to. What were you calling from right now? I'm from I'm calling from Florida right now. Okay. And I would love to come out there. I haven't been playing that much since the pandemic, but I'm about to, you know, butterfly again and i use that as a verb so i'm about <laughs> to get out and play some more and you know I, I i'd love to make it out there we're gonna make it happen one of these days okay well let's we do stay in touch we'd love to have you even if it could be an in-studio performance and in, in another interview and see where you're at spiritually and get caught up again that'd be just fabulous uh also before wonderful. we go we want to make sure that folks know how to follow you and and see where you're at and what's going on and the release of the new videos and all that. What's your socials? So I'm on Eden Archer on pretty much everything, but my name is spelled E-D-A-N and then Archer. Instagram is, and Facebook are where I am mostly. Um, and yeah, they can find me on there. You, YouTube, of course. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm out there. You're out there. It, it's not hard <laughs> I'm to out find. There in the world. It's not hard to find. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, please look, look me up. Say hi. Um, come on this crazy journey together. And thank you so much for for speaking with me. Really, it was really fun. Thank you. It's it's been it's been a blast for us, and we sure appreciate your time. And uh, whatever this uh, spring, uh, what do you call it? Spring holiday is for some folks. It might be Easter. From some folks, it might be something else. But we wish you a happy spring and get you plenty of dopamine, girl. <laughs> and, um, yes. <laughs> thanks, thanks again. Uh, we'll see you on down the road.